welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hi, community. This is Parker. I want to tell you about a new series exclusively about paint correction. So if you want to hear tips, techniques, and trends on paint correction, tune in weekly to the Paint Assassin's Hour. Okay, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. This gentleman here waving is the one, the only Greg Masterson. Uh, you can find Greg at Masterson Wax on uh, Facebook and uh on Instagram, Masterson's Car Care. Masterson's Wax on Instagram. Masterson's Car Care Two. on Facebook. Okay, and I Masterson's it up the wrong Car way. Care. I apologize. I and apologize. Masterson's Car Care on TikTok. If you guys want the Love best it. selling content, follow us at Masterson's Car Care on TikTok. Definitely. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions uh, on TikTok. It would be uh, at Detail Supply App. Or the best way to get in touch with me is just shoot me a cell phone message. 918-800-1188. And that's the best way to get in touch with me. Greg, it was so great last week getting to know you. We dove into some uh, did you know questions. We're trying to learn who Greg Masterson's is as we walk through this journey together on industry vibes. Uh, we will continue to come back each week and talk about things that we see in the industry, vibes that are going on, and uh, how you and I both view uh, those vibes. So, Let's get back into some did you knows of uh, learning who Greg Masterson's is. And I will also answer the questions so we can uh, join in together. It'll be a lot yeah. of fun. All right, let's, uh, we, we did some, some easy ones last time. Uh, they were good fun. These don't get too serious, but uh, it, a little more did you knows of, of where you would like to, uh, where you would like to live. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I'm right here, California or Mexico. Oh, to be honest, to be honest, I just honesty is always the best policy, Greg. Honesty, best policy. I want to move to Mexico. Okay, I mean, Mexico is like Mexico. You know, for the tacos, because you still have yet to send me a picture everything. of your tacos. For ev for everything, Mexico. You know where where did Vin Diesel go? In Fast and the Furious, after after he was he went to Mexico. Everybody always goes to Mexico. All the cowboys, the heroes, they go to Mexico. It's okay. great. So, all right. Where in that. Mexico? Any? Do you have anywhere? Anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you have you vacationed in Mexico? Where yeah, have you gone? I love Mexico. Mexico is like paradise, man. It's a yeah. great. Everything about Mexico is so cool. It's I've just, done Cozumel. Uh, I did Puerto Vallarta. Okay. We did a, uh, you know, one of those all inclusives where you just stay and you just literally drink yeah, all the time. I love that. Walk out favorite, yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> Cosmo was good. Did some um, scuba diving there. Do you scuba dive? Uh, I've never scuba dived, but I'm a very advanced swimmer. Okay. So like, so can I you do like, free dive? Can you free I dive? Can, yeah, I can free dive. Yeah. I've never done the scuba diving, but I'm, it I'm jealous it. of the free divers. I I've, I've always had a bad left ear as a kid. I had a lot of ear surgeries. And so they told me I could never scuba dive. So whenever I scuba dive, I always just, yeah, fuck you doctor. Like <laughs> I was able to do it, you know, but, but it's really hard. I have to go down real, real slow. And I always tell people, you know, they always get to the bottom way before me and I'm still trying to make my way down, trying to decompressurize and, but I, I love to dive. Cosmo's great diving. Cancun's good diving over there if you ever make it uh, under the water over there. Love Cancun. It's beautiful. 
All right. So favorite place for me to vacation, I would go Southeast Asia. I love, uh, I love Asia. Uh, been to uh, Malaysia quite a few times as a younger guy. I did a lot of softball camps and clinics there, led basketball camps and clinics. So went up to Thailand and went through there. And so last, last week when you talked about Thailand, how, uh, that's one of the the main places that sees your snow foam. I'm like, Greg, there's a reason, man. <laughs> Thailand, especially in Bangkok, there's certain areas that uh, there's a good reason why they're watching your uh, women in snow foam. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Thailand's a very interesting place. I, I really enjoy the food. I love curry. Uh, I love the people. We'd, we'd always just get, uh, uh, it's like a naan. Uh, it's called uh, uh, roti. And dip it every morning when I go to, you know, go to practice or go to whatever, we'd stop and get this little card of, of roti in this little bag of, uh, of curry. And we just riding around on our, our uh, bikes and, you know, it was all bicycles, right? We didn't even have mopeds. It was, everybody else was in mopeds and we didn't have that. We just had bicycles. So we bicycled everywhere, but I'd sit there and chomp on my curry and uh, roti. And uh, I love Southeast Asia. It's, it's got my heart. Uh, all right. So uh, you could vacation anywhere. You've done that. When you were a kid, uh, what did you want to be? You know what? Like, like, like every, every kid has like their one thing, you know, yeah. that they want to be like, like very young age, you know, it changes like a bunch of time. But I want to be an astronaut. Okay. 100% an astronaut, like uh -huh. NASA fucking astronaut, you know, like, like I personally would have thought that by now we'd be at Mars. Uh, I no, think, uh, didn't, I, didn't Elon release that they started going to Mars? Yeah, they started going to Mars, but they've been saying that since like 1996. You I know, know what I mean? Like, somebody did. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, like when I was a kid and I was growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut. Like I yeah. thought that was so cool. And I thought it was like a viable goal as well. Like, <laughs> you know, because the way I looked at it is, um, you know, when you're a kid you see all these people like you know that that do all this crazy stuff like in the army and stuff and they're all buff and i wasn't like the buff kid or the athletic kid i couldn't even fucking run a mile i was like i was a fat kid and i was a little chubby kid so like i was like dude all these astronauts they're like kind of regular-ish people you know they're even kind of older you know they're kind of like i'm looking at these people going on the space shuttle and they're like over 40 and i'm like dude this is totally viable you know what i mean like sports stars and their sports careers by like 40, you know what I mean? But yeah. astronauts are, they're still flying up in the space shuttle. And I was like, man, that'd be like the coolest thing to do. But then like, I, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, life. yeah, but then, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's only like a few people that ever make it. So I totally get it. Mine, uh, I, you thought way far in advance to longer in life. Mine only made it through college as a kid, ever since uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish became large on TV. And we only had a couple stations growing up. I would watch Notre Dame play all the time and they just became my, uh, my team. I was going to uh, quarterback for the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Uh, and that was as far as I got in my journey of thinking about life. Uh, <laughs> I did not happen, uh, but uh, you know, that was, yeah. that, that was it. All right. So favorite thing you do every week, one favorite thing that you do every week. Uh, every week I go motorcycle riding. I go okay. motorcycle riding and in California, motorcycle riding is like, dude, it's endless. Like there's so many roads, there's so many places to go that I have not even gone them all. And I go riding all the time. And like, I wish I could just ride every road. So like, I, I just, I just look on a map and I'm like, okay, I'll go here. I'll go there. I'll go there. And, and I haven't even gone to all the places within a certain mile of me. And I go out all the time. So, um, 
every, every week I just take a whole day. I just go writing all day. Wow. And, and, and once a week, every week, you know, or if I can, you know, like uh, sometimes twice a week, if I can, you know, so uh, uh, motorcycle riding, it's like number one. It's like, uh, I can see that. How long do you go? You go all day. I mean, that'd be hard to do, right? To go all yeah, let's day. Go all day. I'll just get up in the morning. I'll just go all day and come back when the sun goes down. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> sun yeah. goes up. I leave. Sun goes down. I come home, you know, that's it's crazy. Really cool. That's yeah, it. somebody that loves that type of like, that's your thing. And that it makes sense for me. I go, wow. I just, I don't know. I could do that all day. I like doing it, you know, cause you got to get away sometimes, you know, like life's stressful. You got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. And, you're motor- and when you're on a motorcycle, you can't pick up the phone. You can't answer an email. You can't look at this message. And then uh, someone calls you. Oh, I was on a motorcycle. Oh yeah. Okay. I understand. <laughs> makes sense. Definitely a nice little getaway. Yeah. Uh, mine Mine is, is more of in my rehab, uh, as I've, I've gotten mentally better than, uh, realized I started having a lot of bodily problems <laughs> as you get older. Uh, I had spinal compression from moving drums so long. I think inappropriately, everybody always says lift appropriately. I was one that did not lift appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I had spinal compression and it, uh, it caused a lot of nerve damage through my hip and legs. And so I've been recovering from that, getting stretched and, and, and I do what's called cryo where they freeze you at like negative 215 degrees and I do it for three minutes. And it's some of the best for your inflammation. Like your muscles just love it. Your body loves it. It's tough to do. Uh, it's a long three minutes sometimes, especially when they've just gotten a fresh tank. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, I, that's sort of mine, man. I've, I've really enjoyed starting. It, it's crazy to think that when you start getting feeling back in parts of your muscle that you hadn't felt in a really long time, it's just, it's really, it, it's really interesting. Uh, so I, I, that's what I've really enjoyed. It's, it's been my favorite thing to do every week. So that, that, yeah, that's, that's interesting. You know, that, uh, yeah. you gotta do stuff that makes your health feel better. You know, like I, 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 I learned in life, you got to invest in your health. Like literally in it's a, it's an investment. It's like, a, it's like the longest term investment. I uh, well, yeah. I mean, and especially if as detailers, right. If, if, it's such a, a hands-on business. Yeah. We, we have to be involved. Our bodies are what helps us make our living. It's what helps us make our money. It's what helps grow our business. So if we don't take time for our bodies to heal the machine that is uh, funding our lifestyle, then, uh, you know, it, it definitely causes you many problems. Let me speak as a 42 year old to that. Uh, yeah. you know, it, please uh, continue to make sure you stay uh, working on your body. And it's not just working out, right? A lot of guys just, oh, I want to go work out. Well, it's not just about weights. I mean, there's so many other forms of uh, getting regular exercise. Uh, I've enjoyed yoga, which is strange for a a man, I guess. And especially for me in the Midwest, we just never used to be into that kind of stuff. But boy, yoga has really, really been good for my body and for my mind and to to get away. So yeah, I feel uh, like when, you know, the health, you know, you were in, investing in your health for your body. I, I've done detailing as a business owner, like the physical labor part. But now where my role is in the detailing industry is it's, it's more designing products and creating content online, videos, um, tutorials, teaching classes and coaching. And instead of using my physical body, I'm using a lot of my mind. And the mind uses a lot of energy. Like it just eats away energy. Like I feel like my mind uses more energy than my body. And I feel like I have to do 
stuff to keep my mind fresh. If I don't, as, a, as somebody who's doing creative stuff, if I don't do things to keep my mind fresh, I don't come up with ideas or, or new creative ideas or, yeah. or I feel like I actually get uh, and, like a, a know, breakdown somewhere. I'm really glad you said that because a, a lot of people would wonder, you know, what's, what is it that we could learn from Greg? Hey, this is Parker, and I'm popping in to invite you for a beer on the live community pub Wednesday night at 730 Central. The Zoom ID is 918-800-1188. That's a live community pub Wednesday night at 730 Central. The Zoom ID is 918-800-1188. Come on, you can have just one, can't you? You know, I, I think that's that's a it's a very fair question. It is. It's a fair question for anybody that's going to sit in front of a, a a video or, you know, what are they going to learn from me, right? Yeah. I, I said this when I first met you uh, on on a couple episodes a couple weeks ago. I, I think the the key part is, I think detailers could learn a lot about marketing, right? Yeah. I, a lot of how to display somebody's own brand, personal brand, business brand, whichever you want to say that how to be able to put yourself out there in a way so that people can recognize you and know who you are, because that's a key part for any brand trying to get you know, notoriety to grow is yeah. they have to be, you know, recognized. So one of the key parts of having a recognizable brand is building trust. How, you know, trust for consumer to purchase, Trust for, you know, consumer to understand and listen to trust uh, as a service based business. We, you know, you mentioned that you were uh, previously hands on in the involvement of cleaning cars as a professional based. So when we're doing that, we have to think long term. And if we're doing it long term, we have to understand that we've got to grow and build our brand. The biggest way and the fastest way and the, the, I would say, what's that word? Scale, the most scalable way scalable is, is trust, right? Trust is such an important thing. And I, I learned this recently when I was listening to a podcast uh, where they were in interviewing, it was uh, the CMO podcast, and he is interviewing the CMO of Butterball, right? So imagine the trust that uh, Butterball has to build with their customers for Thanksgiving day, right? That's a yeah. big moment. So when you're thinking about trust and, and you putting your brand out there and the way you do marketing, how do you personally, how do you view trust? The way I view trust, this is a really important question because when you're when you have a business, when you're doing services, and when you're having a brand, they're they're both similar, but they're very kind of different. Even when you run a business, because I know a lot of people that are watching this are like they're detailers that actually do services. And yes, their brand is part of their service, but that trust is developed in the service. Like uh, the trust of getting that car perfect and and delivering the customer what they want consistently over and over and over. And consistency is like the number one thing for trust, like the consistency. And I was actually talking to this, to somebody about this yesterday, I believe. And we're talking about consistency. Like Marty, I'll ask you this. When you think consistency on food, where you go somewhere and the food is always consistently good, 
the same good. What restaurant do you think of? Ooh. I was really trying to hope for Chick-fil-A because that's like my number one. It's yes. not though. Yes, it's it is. Not, I not for guess. me. Okay. I have a particular Chick-fil-A at Tulsa Hills. They fuck up my chicken sandwich every goddamn time. Yes. Last time I took my daughters there and we How had two chicken sandwiches. I gave her her choice. She picked the good one. And I got this little flimsy motherfucker. And I was pissed because I okay. can't eat fried chicken very often. And they fucked me. I was okay. not happy, Greg. So I okay. can't say Chick-fil-A. I can't do it. I've yeah. got to think somewhere else because I haven't got consistency. If I'm going to say there's consistency in food, I'm going to go McDonald's French fries. Okay, you're saying one item, but like yeah. I, thought, I thought about this too. And I think that out of the consistency at the whole entire restaurant, I believe it was Chick-fil-A. Now I, 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 I thought it. it would be Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out Burger mm. on the West Coast. In-N-Out Burger, extremely consistent. But yeah. the problem is with In-N-Out Burgers, you're making something that's so complex. You know, burger has like, has like, oh, it has the meat, the lettuce, the sauce, the tomato, the bun. There's a lot of different factors. With Chick-fil-A, it's only the chicken and the bread and the pickles. That's it, right? And so everything I feel like so consistent, and that's why I trust Chick-fil-A. Because every time I go to Chick-fil-A, I know it's going to be good. And I, I trust them so much. And I trust them to deliver something good all the time. You know who I don't trust? I don't trust McDonald's. <laughs> I, I don't trust, like, I don't trust that I'll go to McDonald's and I can order something and it'll come out good or that they will like make it amazing for me. I just, I don't trust it. My trust is very low because you go there, things are wrong. I can't eat cheese. And so I always order stuff with no cheese and it always, it'll come out with cheese. It'll screw me over. Someone goes and orders it for me, comes out with cheese or something like that. It's horrible. So consistency. I feel like consistency builds trust. And that people with brands, they it's they will remember that one time that the consistency was bad. Just like right now, you mentioned, oh, I was just over at Chick-fil-A and they fucked my sandwich. You gave me a little thin one. And and, and that one will probably overwhelm the next 10 times that you go to chicken. Oh yeah. You'll have to do it 10 yeah. times good. Oh yeah. To make up for that. Easily. Okay? Yeah. And and in relationships, it's like any and and it's relationships with your girlfriend, your wife, your best friend, your business, a relationship with a company. It's all about like you're thinking in your head plus and minus. Okay, they did a good plus, they did a good plus. Mm -hmm. so, so they might do so many goods you're at plus 10 and then you do a bad it might take it down one, but they still did so much good that you're like, it nah, takes it down like, one. It probably takes it down six. Definitely. Six. Okay. Yeah, but they did so good that even that six took them down. They're still in the plus range. But yeah. if you're a bad business and you didn't do, you didn't overachieve, you're going to get a bad hit and it's going to take you into this negative land. And then yeah. you're just like, everything's bad about this. It's all bad. It's like, I tell detailers, man, if you're a detailer and you're doing a business, or, and, and a customer comes to you, I always ask the customer, when I was doing a business, what do you like, what would you like us to fix on the car? And usually the first thing, they're gonna say like five things because their car is filthy, right? But the first thing that they say is always the most important, like nine out of 10 times. That's yeah. why it came out first. So if they ask it, hey, so what would you like us to clean on your car today? 
and they say, well, I got these dirty carpets, but then I also want you to, to wash and wax the car as well. Dude, to be honest, they cared about the carpets. That was the number one thing they did. So I make sure that those carpets look damn good. You know what I mean? Like they're mintiest carpets you've ever seen. Because if the customer comes and he, the first thing he does is look at the carpet and the carpet's not perfect, he's gonna find every other flaw on that car. But if he came there and he looked at the carpet and the carpet was clean, he might not see another flaw that you maybe forgot yep. or that something didn't meet him. And if he sees the carpet's not clean, he might start to make up, he or she might start to make up things like, oh, well, this wasn't done good enough. Oh, maybe this is kind of a greasy, it puts a bad taste in your mouth. Definitely. And that trust, that type of trust, you know, that you handle the situation on exactly what they need and deliver their demand builds that trust. And that helps you grow significantly. Like number one, number one thing, man. All right. So if trust is then pretty important, uh, let's talk about marketing, right? Let's talk about marketing trust. How, how do you guys, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have a fun little joke here, Greg. Uh, I think uh, you're building trust in Thailand differently than you are in other places of the country <laughs> with the snow foam, snow foam and, and chicks. Listen, chicks and cars and products go hand in hand. We, we, you know, we, we love it too. So I, I literally just having fun. Uh, but you know, does, when you think of, of, of marketing your brand and, and building trust. I mean, how do you put in, you know, girls in your shop and how do you, is it because you're, you're building up trust that you're going to be a fun brand? I mean, is there different ways that we can market trust? What, what, let's talk through, you know, how would a detailer or just in general, how, how would somebody market that people should trust their brand? Well, I don't believe that you can market trust. There's ways to advertise trust. Okay. In commercials, there's a lot of brands that advertise trust. Well, that's the, marketing. The most, yeah, that's yeah. marketing. Yeah, it's marketing. The most trusted brand. I feel like that's the difference between advertising and marketing. See, marketing is placing your business or your item or your idea somewhere where it needs to be. And then advertising is using formats to gain that attention. Okay, okay? sales. So, so, sales. Yeah, yeah. Advertising is more connected to sales, sales than truly yeah. marketing. Marketing I, is more branding. Yeah, it's more branding. Okay, and, so how do you advertise and sell trust and trust? Yeah. It's really hard to sell trust. People have been trying to do this for hundreds of years. And straight up, a lot of companies just straight up put the most trusted brand, <laughs> you know, because they're like, oh, dang, trust. It just says trust right there, right? You yeah. have to build trust. But with advertising, the people, the, the, a lot of the companies don't understand is that because you can't really, ad, I don't believe you can advertise trust unless you literally say, trust us. That's it. That's the only way you can do it is that you need to grab somebody's attention. The hundred percent in marketing is grabbing someone's attention. Your, your message won't even be heard if you didn't say, Hey, what's up? I'm raising my hand. You know what I mean? That's the, the number one thing. And so I truly tell detailers, grab people's attention and, and, and do it some different way than anybody else is doing it. That's the best marketing. Like I saw a market, I saw a car wash that was being marketed and they were like, they were, they were marketing it as a fried chicken, Southern food restaurant and car wash, get your car washed. Well, you enjoy this Cajun oh, yeah. food type food oh, yeah, both really right here. Right. And that's a different marketing. Be like, man, I don't want to yeah. go to the car wash and sit there, but I go to the car wash and 
eat a, a, I can eat this great shrimp and this great fish. So for them, marketing or sales or whichever you want to say it, they could they could do stuff storytelling how people could they could trust them to save time that while they're getting their car wash, they could yeah, also yeah. grab lunch, you know, yeah, they could yeah. grab a snack. So yeah. it's really uh, all about value. Like instead of selling trust, I mean, trust is a great thing to sell, but I would rather sell value. What can I deliver for you? That's like my number one thing is how can I make my products like Right, that's the same, right? So that's trust. Yeah, because they're going to have to trust that you're bringing them value. So your way of doing it would to provide a value. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's always, it's always more value. Like you gotta, you gotta make yourself out there more valuable than your competition. Like when I do detailing, I used to do like throw in a free air freshener, air conditioning flush, or like a free fabric protectant coating. It's, it's giving value to the customer where they feel like, wow, that was, I got great value. I got great service from that. It was amazing. It's not like I just, here's your car. Here's the keys. I got something great from it. And even, and I'll tell you great value. Uh, this is a great story about value. Um, I had a customer come in. This was just actually like not that long ago. And I was at the shop by myself. Everybody else was at lunch. And I was watching, guy came in. He had driven all the way from LA to Orange County. And he was, this was actually, this was a while ago when Disney was kind of still open. Okay, it's like the way beginning of the year, January actually. And he had driven some people to Disneyland from Calabasas. They were probably a movie star or something like that. He was here looking for some products to clean his car because he was a professional driver. He had an Escalade. And he was at, I was like, hey man, check out the products. You know, and he's like, I'm looking around. I said, would you like something? Would you like a water? He says, no, no, I'm good. He said, would you like a soda or an iced tea? No, no, I have my own. And then I look at him and I say, would you like an espresso? And he looks at me, turns like, you have an espresso machine? I said, yes, I do, just for you. And he says, yes, I would like that. I go in the back, I make him an espresso machine because I got an espresso machine back here. I love it. I use it every day. And I gave him an espresso. It made him, it made his day. It made his day so good. He he bought about four or $500 worth of stuff in our store, just right there. And it was mainly due to the espresso because it gave so much value to him. It made that trip, that time, that shopping experience valuable because that espresso was something that made him, made, gave him value, you know? Yeah, it, so, so that's cool. So you give him an espresso and then your encouragement to detailers is to give them, like you said, a, a an extra service or a, yeah. an extra thing to add in or a, you know, a, a free this. So that, yeah. that, that's really interesting, Greg. I, I like that. I like that a lot. There's, there's going to be a few detailers that want to invest into gifts, but what are some practical gifts that maybe they could do? I, I know there's a ton of different websites that you could go to, you know, uh, you know, and get stuff private labeled. Are you thinking like flashlights? Are no, you thinking no, skip, you know, stuff I, like I, that? I, you know, I, I strictly skip. air fresheners. But what about people that have like allergies on air fresheners? You know, here, what? Here, here's a great one. Great value. Someone details their car or you detail somebody's car. What I used to do for a long time is I used to give them a really nice microfiber. And I mean, a nice one, silk right. lined. Realistically, the microfiber only cost me like a buck or two. It was like two bucks or three, it was sub $3 microfiber, right? But it looks nice, got silk edging. It's a great looking microfiber. So when I drop off the car, I would leave the microfiber, two business cards and two mints right there 
on his on the right by the shifter so they see it when they get in there and that that already is giving great value yeah they're going to wouldn't love a good microfiber towel you're right exactly it's better than giving somebody a little pen with your name on it because yeah. they're going to remember dude that guy gave me a microfiber and i can't get that microfiber anywhere else hey and then they come back to you hey can i buy some of these microfibers i like this one it, it, it brings the customer back great value another great value that i tell a lot of customers of bringing value is selling detailing products you know a lot of detailers that are mobile they don't supply their customers with products and, and, and they might ask one of the biggest things that a lot of professionals get asked is, hey, where can I get some detail spray like this? Or where can I get the towels that you use? I tell, yeah. I tell professionals, you should be selling the product that you use. That is interesting. There's a, there is a very underlying current lately from multiple brands encouraging detailers to set up storefronts to, to use you know, that as a, uh, as it could go both ways, another outsource for the brand as well as you're right. It, it could become a additional revenue stream. Hey, listen, there's a lot that can go involved with that, Greg. You know, that would be cool to dive into at some point in time. So let's let's dive into that at some point so yeah. that detailers could get some more information on if that would be something that they would uh, like to bring in as an additional revenue stream. So when, when I think of building trust and I think of detailers, you know, as I presented this idea uh, and we'll, We'll dive through this a couple times this week. Uh, in a in a previous discussion, I talked heavily about you know saying yes, ma'am, saying no, sir, being being very proper in what you talk about with your customers because it speaks to what I you know I I like the theory of in marketing or in sales or however we want to put it is that if you can speak to your customers' crocodile brain, if you can speak to the very you know innermost of who they are. And you do it in a, such a way that begins to build trust, and and that can be done in whoever it is that your customer base is, right? So, if if you're a certain type of demographic, you know, let's you could go through and if you're this, 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 and this, and you target these type of people, then you should speak to them the way they like to be spoken to, right? Uh, yeah. Whether that's in a accent, whether that's in a uh, type of local, you know, dialect, right? You, you know, I, I don't want to go too far into that, but speaking directly in the, the best way to reach your customer is, is no doubt to me how I started building trust uh, as I would pull up to people's houses. Um, I, I think when I think for today's detailers, see, I didn't have social, you know, we've joked, we had yeah. this big giant thing called a phone book. And, you know, I wasn't going to try and put some image and pay all this money I, to me that that was going to be too hard to do. I, I love the idea of what detailers could do on storytelling their process of having a customer trust them. Because if you're speaking the language of your prospect of your customer, then, their friends, their family, and their people that are in their community, uh, they, uh, they also will speak that same way. And so when you can storytell and explain, now, this is where I think it comes a little difficult for some detailers, where we just love to do those 50-50 shots or just do the before and afters. And those are really great. But how are we interacting? Right? How are we building trust? It's, it's not just trust that we can do great work, right? But as, as you mentioned earlier, it's also about, right? How many times you show up? How, you know, are you there on time? Is everything consistent? Are you taking care of all the work? But how do you do that storytelling, right? It's yeah. not just on taking those photos. It's actually probably interacting with some customers. 
right? You, you've got to start showing that other people trust you. So some of that storytelling should be maybe the customer walking you to the car, maybe just showing parts of them. Maybe you have some customers that are willing to be on video. So we have a detailer called, uh, uh, well, it's 66 out of detailer. His name is, is Darren. They're out of uh, this metropolis of Chandler, Oklahoma, town of 1600 people, Greg. It's, oh, wow. it, it's massive here. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible. But, you know, he's been running a full-time detail shop with multiple competitors in the same, same town. Wow. And, and he has people that will ask, hey, is this car going to be on, on your video? Hey, can I get in your video? So when you when you start allowing your customers to interact, then that's a big part of trust. Yeah. And then the people that they know will go, okay, if that guy trusts him, I can trust him also. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I, I'm going to go with that as as a, a great uh, marketing tool for detailers. So yeah, and that and that, the way that expands, you know how how do other people have to tell other people that they trust you. That's a lot where trust is, is mm. built. And the best way to do that, I believe, is social media reviews. Every business owner should be asking for a social nice, media review. And, yeah. and they have to ask that. You can't just expect your customer to, or your friend or your family member to just go and leave you a review. You have to it might be a good little tap. thing on that towel, right? You leave a towel, leave some mints, and maybe on your business card, instead of just always having your info, of course, they should already know who you are. Maybe one side of your business card leaves your social information and says something like, if we did a good job, please leave us a review. Please leave us a review. Yeah. And, uh, and when customers are in our store and after they make a purchase, we ask them, if you like the service here, please leave us a review. And we even say, check in on Yelp or check in on Google Business, uh, uh, get a discount at your, at your time of purchase. And it's important to lock it in at that time of purchase because when people leave your store, when people leave your business, their mindset changes. They're not going to remember that. They're going to be like, okay, that was done. Check off. Let's go on to the next thing. And they're not going to slow down their day to leave that review. But if there's, there has to be an incentive on your end Leave us a review, bring it back, show it to us next time, get 10% off or, or anything like that. That's, that's how I believe that also trust. Well, is I'll put on this free fabric coating. I'll put on this windshield yeah. coating, you know, and if you're happy with it, you know, I'll do that. And if you leave us a review, you know, there's a bunch of different ways of doing it. I think that's really great information, uh, yeah. Greg. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we did much better this week. All right. Yeah, man. Did a good job. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Uh, it's cool. Continuing to get to know you. Uh, if, if, if detailers will listen to what you just said, you'll help them make a lot of money. Uh, yeah, and we definitely appreciate that here in the community. Thank you for, uh, thank you for your time, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And we'll see you next time guys. Thank All you. Right, bro. See ya. Have a great day. Thank you. Okay. Episode is over. If you got any value from it, leave us a review, share the episode, and find us on TikTok. It would mean the world to me. Ooh.